welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 20th of July, 2020. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Senior Property Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how you going, mate? Good weekend? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty standard stuff. Uh, normal normal uh, family things, I guess, with, with two young kids, that's pretty much the way it goes every weekend. So, yeah, no complaints, and um, another busy week of work ahead, so... Going good. All right, yourself. Yeah, yeah, same old mate. Yeah, not not too much to get done. But um, yesterday we had a pretty nice day in Wellington. Pretty mild, sort of nice winter's day. So we managed to get around the gardens and go for a bit of a wander. So that was good. Get the kids out and about and things. But um, yeah, otherwise you know my usual football on Saturday and then family things around it. Sounds similar to you. Didn't watch as much sport over the weekend either. So a little bit of oblivious. But it sounds like the Chiefs really uh managed to blow it once again against the Highlanders. Um, so, yeah, they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. Certainly not a good situation. But maybe more importantly from my perspective, I did watch the Phoenix on Friday night um, and did feel like they were pretty unlucky to lose that game as well. So, yeah, nice to see some football, some A-League back on the TV screens. But, yeah, pretty tough one to take seeing the Phoenix go down to Sydney uh, late on in that game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of struggling a little bit to keep up, even though we don't have a huge amount of sport. Uh, as we just talked about, young family means uh, time time commitments <laughs> are elsewhere at the moment. But um, yeah, I've, I've been managed to keep a loose eye on things, and I think just on the on the rugby, uh, just illustrated once again the close results and the, the you know the quality, I guess, of of these derby games and, and how um, competitive that you know the New Zealand system is. So it's 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 pretty cool. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's definitely appeal to the, you know, just playing the local derbies. But I do wonder if at some stage that also gets a bit boring. Like, it's nice now, there hasn't been anything, but there is only five teams. You know, I don't think you could go that year after year after year. So interesting to watch these, you know, super rugby developments take place, whether it's just us and Aussie and the Pacific Island team and things. But, yeah, at the moment, it's certainly pretty good stuff, especially with no All Blacks at the moment, or just yet. Um, you know, seeing those big Kiwi battles is pretty cool. Yeah. Agreed. I'm uh, as I say, I, I'm I'm, not, I'm struggling to follow too much, but uh, when you see the scores, you can see they're pretty close, and I see bits and pieces here and there, highlights, and so yeah, it's, it's seems to be going pretty well. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, and then I suppose um, you know, looking pretty good for the Crusaders to take the title now, though, with the Blues losing again. Um, <laughs> so we might just pretend like Super Rugby never happened. Let's look forward to this uh, this this North versus South game, which is essentially an All Black trial in a, in a couple of weeks' time, I suppose, or a few weeks' time. But anyway, let's um, let's move on, mate. Lots to get through today. Um, so I thought let's kick in, as per usual, on the early market indicators report. And it's been interesting. I've been sort of saying there's not too much to report on when we've been looking at these figures. But actually, you know, when you look at this report now, the fact that we're seeing appraisals generated by agents hold up or even continue to lift, albeit very marginally, um, you know, sitting at about 6% of a lift on last week, it does give some insight into the continued strength of this part of the market in terms of Properties coming to be listed um, for sale at the moment, and um, and I was chatting to someone at Trade Me last week who did mention that overall listings in July were up 12% year on year. So we are seeing that supply lift. Um, you know, our continual question, of course, remains to be what is the motivation of those people listing. And so I thought it's a good reminder to just look back to our survey from last month. It was a point in time, mid June. Um, it's still worthwhile. We know things will change since then. But, you know, the overarching message that we had back then, I remember you doing the write-up, was that, you know, there were people selling for those negative reasons, if you, if you want to call it that. In other words, you know, because of their financial system, sorry, their financial situation um, was, was making them think about they, they need to list. 
19% of agents reported that vendors were selling due to financial distress, with a further 10% citing a vacant rental property as their main reason for listing their property for sale. Um, and there's a further 16% that stated a fear of falling prices as their main motivator, which um, as I point, about, point out in this month's video, which will, will be live uh, right now, I suppose, um, could also indicate financial concerns as owners with decent equity should be able to ride out a short period of value decline as many people have projected. So the fact that they're you know, stating a fear of falling prices as a reason for listing makes you wonder how close to the margins they are. So yes, yeah, so I think it's worthwhile touching on those things. We're not saying that all these people that are listing and there's a big concern that we're seeing these properties come to market or it's being flooded or anything like that. But certainly an interesting change in comparison to last year when we know there is some potential of these people who are looking at it for, for financial reasons. Um, yeah. I mean, do you anything you want to add to that? I was going to talk about the demand side of things. No, I guess um, just I suppose to reiterate that it's a point in time and, and things change pretty quickly at this point. I was just talking to a journalist before and, and, and she was saying her, her uh, sort of feedback was that, that um, people were listing from what they were seeing or for what she had heard for sort of upsizing reasons. So there had been a bit of a shift towards... Um, <laughs> that sort of mentality of oh gee I've been I've been shut up in my small house during lockdown and I don't want this anymore I want, I want more space so um, but that was a feature of our survey as well that, that people were doing that so it's not all for the wrong reasons um, but yeah it's it's I mean as we've been talking about every week there's there's lots of risks out there and I guess um, keeping those in mind yeah and and that's what's going to sort of flip the demand side of things I suppose is that you know the thing to counter that is that demand is actually remaining pretty strong. Um, and that will mean competition for properties, and typically that leads to higher prices or lifting prices. And when you do measure demand, as we do at the moment, so early demand by um, valuations run by the banks, it is also holding up. Um, you know, last week we did mention they were starting to trend down slightly, as usually happens at this time of the year. But last week we did see a 1.4% lift. So not much, but you know, at a time we're expecting things to drop, seasonally that's actually a bit of, a, bit of an unusual lift. And year on year, I had a quick look. Um, they're up about 10%. So, you know, absolute signs of many people relatively undeterred by the uncertainty that still remains, because as you said, there's still a few things to be considered of in the future. And, you know, really taking advantage of that cheap money. You know, those competitive rates, obviously, still with the banks, we're still things, seeing those interest rates come down. And that's leading to people talking to the banks, talking to the brokers, um, and essentially getting to the point where they're asking for valuations of property. So they're essentially at a point where they're pretty ready to put in a, put in an offer on a place. So pretty good signs of demand there as well. And as I said, as long as that holds up, even if people are listing for bad reasons, if there's enough people wanting to buy it, they'll do the, they'll do the competition, the bidding up, um, and whether it's an auction or whether it's closed tender, you know, you're gonna see people putting in pretty strong offers if they know that there's lots of people interested in the property. So, you know, certainly not signs of, you know, heaps of listings coming, we're gonna see prices fall, but there is an element of the potential for that if we do see demand start to reduce for whatever reason, because, you know, tests at the bank start to get more difficult or whatever. So certainly one other side to keep keep considerate of. But um, for now, certainly from a supply side, we are seeing that lift that we haven't usually seen. Yeah, the, uh, the state agents, of course, will be pretty happy to see some listings come out. So, um, oh. yeah, <laughs> somebody exactly. wins them again. Got to make up for a couple of months where they couldn't do too much. So, you know, they're making up for that time. And, you know, as we always point out with our sales volumes projection, for the year, we are still expecting volumes to be about 20, 25% down. And that will, of course, impact anyone that relies on transactions in the market. So, yeah, that lift in listings, continued demand is going to be good news for anyone that relies on that. So, yeah, good call. 
But um, speaking of which, you know, we're looking back a little bit further, uh, not really looking at the stuff that's happening right now, but last month we did just update our um, sales volumes charts for June with the latest data coming out and pretty strong month really. I um, wonder if you want to touch on that and maybe also we saw Ryan's house price index data come out last week. If you wanted to uh, you know, tell us sort of insights on that, what happened in June for prices as well or values. Yes, the, on the sales volumes, so our, our measure includes agents and non-agents, so all, all sales. And, and so we had about 7,600, 7, which is up 11% year on year. So a, a pretty strong result for sure when you look at it at face value. I guess word of caution around that is that um, it could just be delayed activity, you know, some of that stuff that would have happened in April or May was pushed into June. And in fact, if you take uh, the total over uh, April, May, June, so the three-month period, that total compared to a year earlier is actually still down 37%. So still, um, I think there could be some timing effects in that June figure on its own. And actually, when you look a bit more broadly, it's it's still it's still down, it's still low. So um, that's something to keep in mind. And I guess it just fits with what we talked about, about how um, you know lenders are still, there's money to lend, but they're not just going to flick it out the door willy-nilly. You've still got to um, prove your job security and, and they need to be convinced that you're going to be able to keep servicing that debt. And hasn't been a lot of movement on those loan to value ratio rules either. So, um, you know, it's still not easy to get money, but um, but yeah, it is there if you can meet those criteria. But what it means is that you know, sales activity might still stay relatively subdued. Um, and on on prices, yeah, I mean the median selling prices that that Ryan's report each month. I mean, we just look at them very briefly um, as, as a measure of what's going on that month. No real value for us in terms of comparing through time that's where you need sort of a house price index like like ours but um yeah so um the, the stats were i guess illustrating that what well, we've talked about that there's a bit of normality there and, and activity has bounced back and um but now i think attention might be started certainly our attention is starting to shift to what's ahead and, and you know that milestone of spring so um yeah decent set of results but bear in mind those risks further out yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, yeah, you know, I do have to say every time we don't pay much attention to those median sales prices, um, especially when we're looking at it month on month or seeing headlines that say record price again, because they do only measure what happens to be chain, what happens to be selling at any one time. If that composition changes, then you're not really getting a full picture of what's actually happening in the market in terms of is the market increasing or decreasing or staying flat or whatever. So always pay attention to that house price index. Median sales price tells you what people are typically paying and not much more than that. So that's, that's always our take on that. And as you say, you know, we'll be sounding like a bit of a broken record right now, but that crunch time comes in, in September, spring, when all that support comes to an end, um, including for businesses, which I think, you know, we may see businesses this morning, we're just seeing headlines of the warehouse cutting more jobs as well. So, you know, while it feels like normality's coming, um, or here, I think that, you know, these businesses are still making changes. Some of them might be veiled in COVID-19, whatever, it doesn't really matter. The fact that businesses are changing Small to medium businesses are going to be, you know, coming to a point where they're going to have a big call about whether they can, you know, continue to be sustained, and that is going to be in a couple of months' time. And, and typically, people that, you know, own businesses also have residential mortgages, and so often we can see them shift their home situation, their mortgages at home as well, and that comes around. So we're still cautious. We're still pointing towards that September springtime um, to see really what happens, and if we do see the market start to change, there we're not saying it necessarily absolutely will. Um, there's certainly some positive stuff going on at the moment with the lift in recent sales and values as well. But um, that's the time we're looking towards. And one thing you mentioned there, though, was that there wasn't too much a change in, say, the, the people taking on um, mortgages with less of a deposit on the LVRs. And I know there was some information that came out from the Reserve Bank 
last week on the credit condition survey, special out of cycle one. And one of the things was that you know, LBRs hadn't really changed despite the fact those, those limits aren't there anymore, the loan to value ratio restrictions. You had a quick going over of that survey. Was, what else did you take from that one? Uh, yeah, not too much else, really. It's, uh, as we've just talked about, it, it sort of confirmed things that we'd already heard and, and, and what we've read, that, that it's still not easy to get a mortgage, but for those people that have secure jobs and, and um, you know, can convince the bank they can keep paying their mortgage, then it's the, there is money there to lend. So I suppose on that sort of side, it, it did confirm what we already knew. Um, I guess the only other thing around that was banks reporting because um, there is this sort of trade-off, I guess, between you know, really super low mortgage rates. You'd think that would be boosting mortgage demand and people really wanting to borrow, which is true. Um, but then on the flip side, you've got this recession and what's that going to do to demand? So those things are working in opposite directions. And, and I guess the, the bank's feedback in that survey suggested that the balance of that balance shifts more towards the recession dominating. And so actually they think in the next sort of three to six months, mortgage demand will actually in net terms be held down by the recession, even though low rates would be working in the other direction. So um, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't suggest we're going to see a huge flood of, of lending anyway, both because uh, demand will be subdued and, and lenders are not exactly willing to just flick money out willy-nilly. So so yeah, it was, a, it was an out-of-cycle survey, interesting to get, and um, you know, good to see that it, that, uh, it sort of backs up what, what we hear and what we the people we talk to. So um, but yeah, the next one will be uh, sort of another six months away. Yeah, I think that um, you know, that's a really interesting one in terms of you know what demand for mortgages are going to come in. I think the key thing for me just comes down to these serviceability tests as well. And there's been a bit more coverage lately. And you know, a few people would have read some stuff out there that you know, despite the fact you can get a mortgage at around about two and a half percent, you're still paying six and a half to seven. Sorry, you're still being tested on six and a half to seven percent that you could pay that back which given the outlook for interest rates are so low for so long, it does seem a little bit out of whack at the moment. And you do wonder if there is some scope for changing that um, in terms of do you need to test someone's going to, have to be able to pay a mortgage on that interest rate when it's unlikely for the next two years? Absolutely make sure that they've got secure job, that you know that all those sorts of things are still relevant and that their income's being tested, their um, expenses are being tested and checked for. But in terms of a serviceability rate, in terms of being paid an interest rate at 6%, 7%, doesn't seem quite as relevant now as it used to be. And certainly that buffer is so great, it does feel a little bit out of whack that you're being tested to pay a mortgage on such a higher rate, uh, which would mean your mortgage payments would be so much greater than they currently are at the moment. So I do wonder if there might be some, some changes in that one in the future, maybe not immediately. Um, absolutely, I think we've got to remember that the banks are being cautious. And if that's one thing, holding things back, um, for the right reasons, even if it's not the right method, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. But um, I do wonder if that's maybe one that could be adjusted slightly. It certainly has done in Australia, where I think they essentially have a buffer that's two, two and a half percent above the rate that you pay, which you know would be would be you know what one, one and a half, two percent away from at the moment. So that could mean that people could borrow more money, which could have a flow-on effect to increasing prices as well. So certainly one to watch out for. One that was noted in that report. Um, but yeah, an interesting one, and which, whichever way it goes, I suppose. Yeah, and, and you think that competitive pressures have, have exerted themselves in so many other parts of, of banking that perhaps it could be another thing that that, that competition just slowly eats away at those serviceability tests. But then on the flip side, you know, the reason why we, we probably have a, a housing market that's held up okay is because of previous caution, and, and especially around those LVR rules and speed limits. Um, so 
yeah, like you say, it's not the worst thing probably that, that serviceability is still being tested quite strongly because it'll keep us uh, keep us safe, um, you know, for the future as well. So, um, yep, swings and roundabouts, but um, you wonder if those competitive pressures do actually see those margins start to reduce. Yeah, and you wonder who's got the control there. Can the banks do it themselves? There's obviously differing margins from different banks, so maybe they will start to bring those down a little bit. But yeah, you're right. For financial stability, fine. For those that are not being able to get a mortgage because of them, not so fine. And so they'll be frustrated, of course. And so, yeah, we'll just, just have to wait for watching that one. Um, so moving on a little bit then, I think, you know, well, so we're looking at what is happening in the economy. Um, you know, great addition of a recent data series recently, the New Zealand Activity Index, which is essentially a preemptive measure of GDP. And we've got that for June now. Um, for economic activity, which we'll get well before we'll get the final GDP figures for that. And you, um, you obviously been tracking that one pretty closely. Love, lovely data set for an economist like you. Um, and pretty close, pretty close back to parity for June, yeah? Yeah, it was. So, so I suppose a couple of things I've been thinking about. This, so like you say, on the, on the actual hard GDP figures, they're not out for another couple of months. So um, big lag there, which we've talked about before. But on the yeah on the NZAC as they're calling it, it was um, yeah pretty much back to parity, only down one percent year on year in June. So um, that's after eighteen percent drop in April and six percent in May. So just fits with all of these other things that we've been talking about. There's kind of normality and economic activity has has bounced back despite not having any cash coming in from international tourism. So you know something else is taking its place. You know domestic spending, people who might have been have saved through lockdown and now sort of spending up and you hear read lots of stories about this going on um, despite say the problems of the warehouse unfortunately but but people are spending in some shape or form um, but the interesting thing for me was that it didn't get a lot of coverage actually I didn't see much on on Friday or, or over the weekend so yeah that's a that's a slight surprise for me I thought it would be pretty closely tracked and and um, you know picked up by the media so so who knows I, I might have just missed it but um but yeah, it's there, and uh, next next reading will be about another month. So again, I'll, I'll be watching that pretty closely. Yep, yep. Now being on, nothing to add from me there. I think you've nailed it in terms of the insight. I think it's all about that, you know, the fact that it's bounced back despite international tourism not being there. So everyone spending elsewhere. Really interesting from that perspective. Um, all right, mate. Well, I reckon round us up with the last couple. Migration came out for it was was it for May last week or June last week, and then I think you wrote the pulse and also had. Um, inflation data last week too can you give us a two-minute rundown on each of those things <laughs> yeah i'll try to so the, the migration was from may and um, showed about 360 people in net terms coming to the country so pretty low bear in mind that over the 12 months prior to april uh, the average net migration flow was about seven thousand. so we've gone from you know seven thousand to pretty much zero which no surprise because of course you know the borders are, are closed and i suppose that again the key thing is that is that Kiwi balance and, and actually that, uh, over the past 12 months in net terms, we've gained 15,000 New Zealanders coming back. So you know, I think that could be a, continue to be a key impetus for the market and I know other commentators are starting to talk, talk about that more and more as well. So we've been saying that for a while, so something to definitely definitely watch. Um, yeah, the, the um, consumer prices index, no surprises again. It, it prices uh, were dragged down in Q2 by lower airfares, lower um, petrol prices, you know, that sort of transport component was a big drag. So uh, prices actually fell half a percent in Q2, um, dragged down the annual rate quite sharply. So, so yeah, I think as I said last week for the Reserve Bank, I mean, they've got this dual mandate around, around CPI inflation and the employment side of things. 
they would have they would have known that inflation was going to fall. So I don't think it really changes too much in terms of that monetary policy outlook. Um, they'll still be focusing on the labour market side of things, and that's we know that's going to get worse. So um, you know, the, the overall outlook is for continued low interest rates and um, that support for the property market. So yeah, no no huge implications there, I don't think. Um, and then I can't remember what the other thing was. Uh, we, we did a we did a pulse on property values, um, and that showed a bit of weakness uh, on our index for Q2. So um, yeah, something to watch. But the, the signs potentially from that Ryan's figures um, towards the end of June were maybe a bit stronger. So um, I guess in this uncertain environment, there's going to be different messages coming out of different stats, and I guess you just need to keep those caveats in mind. And again, what we're looking looking ahead to is um, September and those big milestones. Yeah, I think the other thing you pointed out in that pulse was, you know, there might have been a lift, you might have seen a bit of a lift in activity from those cash investors who may actually be out there grabbing a few bargains while they can as well. Um, just looking back at the figures for bioclassification for Q2. So I think that was the only other little piece of insight from that pulse as well. Yeah, and I guess in, a, in, a, in an overall market where volumes are lower, I suppose that's the thing to keep in mind. We're looking at that market share stuff, but um, but yeah, certainly uh, certainly signs of, of and, and no, again, you'd, you'd expect that if, this is a, if there's a bit of vulnerability out there, people with cash unaffected by sort of credit conditions and those tight lending standards, um, you know, would be looking for opportunities. It's just uh, it's good business on their point of view. So yeah, that's um, that's something I'd expect to stay in the market actually for those investors looking for. Looking for good deals, um, you know, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, yeah, just carrying on undeterred, I suppose. They just carry on, don't need a mortgage. So, where you go, uh, very good. All right, mate. Well, um, in terms of what's coming up, we've um, we filmed the, the video last week. I've just been approving the um, final version of that, so that'll be out today. Um, it is a little bit longer this month. I just, you know, when we're going through the content to write to, to cover in that thing, there's just so much that we had to cover. So, it's a little bit longer. So please go on and check it out. It's on our YouTube channel for CoreLogic. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes here. Um, but, you know, we've got such great visuals there. There's charts and everything. So really good. I think it's a six and a half minute take of everything that's going on right now. Um, so you go and, go and check that one out and share with anyone that's in the, uh, in the market. Otherwise, from an economic perspective, I think just looking out for credit card spend data this week. And then um, we'll have the quarterly report out this week as well. Yep, yep. Uh, that, that quarterly report's a bit of a sort of COVID special. So, um, yeah, go check it out. It's a pretty good wrap of, of all of the stuff and a lot of the indicators we've, we've talked about today. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're all down on paper in that quarterly report. So it should be published later this week, hopefully, or at, at worst early next week. Uh, and then credit card spending from the Reserve Bank is, is due tomorrow. And, yeah, I mean, who knows? Without international tourism, there's going to be a hole in, in credit card spending, you would think. But, We've seen lots of other indicators bounce back as well. So who knows? That, you know, that credit card figure could be pretty much back to parity as well. I think longer term, you know, we have to just keep harking back to this this hole in the economy from, from international tourism and the risks in terms of unemployment. So, you know, even if it is strong this month, it may not necessarily stay that way. So, um, yeah, look out, look out for that tomorrow. Cool. Great stuff. All right, mate. Well, um, I think that's us for us for today. Is there anything else from you? No, no, good wrap. I think, uh, yeah, as I say, just uh, another busy week ahead. Yeah, I think that's it, right? We've got the video, which is a good wrap of everything that's happened in the last couple of months. We've got the quarterly report, which is that COVID special. So I think there's there's a few really good pieces out there at the moment. So, yeah, no, it's looking good. All right, mate, well, thanks for that. Really good to hear. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there today. Thanks very much for listening. Please do subscribe, rate, review, and share our uh, podcast there. Get in touch with us as well. We're still looking to 
see if we can get any more topics for covering some technical stuff. So please get in touch with all our Twitter, LinkedIn, email details um, there within your podcast player. Otherwise, we'll leave it there and uh, we will speak to you next week. Thanks. See ya.